Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path of recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Two guys on their own path and a lady on her own nice. path. Yes. Nice, nice, Two nice. guys and a girl. How you doing? Good morning, Peggy. Good morning. Peggy, yeah. welcome. Thank Great to you. have you. Yeah, Thank this you. is fantastic. I love, I love my sober Table brother. for Three. Yeah, I know. I know Table right? for Three is awesome. Yeah, so yeah, we're glad to uh, glad to be back here again, and uh, want to thank Audio Hive and Brian for uh, keeping the coffee shop open for Chicago us. Land. Yeah, right. And a little U two going there, and it gets kind of gets you moving there a little. I know. I love at the end of the podcast where he says, "You know, thank you, Chicago." Thank you, Chicago. I love it because yeah, we were in Chicago Land. Yeah, I know. But what what about the listeners that are in Malaysia? Well, we should drop the Malaysian one because you two has been in Malaysia also. All right, so. there you go, there you go. So, yep. so Peggy, um, Peggy, I, welcome. Yes, it's so good to have you here. I uh, we we share the same friends and uh, and I've heard your story before and and uh, it was just so uplifting and and uh, that's what I that's what I, I'm so excited you're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have not stuff. heard it, so I'm super excited. Oh, you yeah, got- yeah. Hey, is is there any way I can stand up? Sure. Sure. Stand, you're a stander, huh? I'm a stander because, you know, I feel like my energy is really low when I sit. Yeah. So I have better energy do when you, I stand. So when you work, like, do you, do you I work? I don't work. I'm retired. One of the blessings of Alcoholics oh. Anonymous. Oh, and nice. you know, I, I got to tell you something. She said that with a big old smile. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if we were video, that's fantastic. Yeah. One of the blessings of AA, huh? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your story and what got you here. So um, do I say, hi, everyone. My name is Peggy, and I'm an alcoholic. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a coffee that. shop. You can do whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, okay, That's good, right. good. I can't swear, though, right? You yes, swear. you can. Oh, I can swear? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Giddy I'm, up. Okay. I'm the only one that's not allowed to swear anymore. Oh, okay. That's right. Thanks, right. Well, I'll try not to swear because I am a lady now, but um, once in a while it slips out. So, um Hi, everyone. My name is Peggy, and I'm an alcoholic. Peggy. And um, thanks, guys, for asking me to come. This is a little different format that I'm used to, but, uh, you know, I'm into anything, so I love it. And, um, you know, what it was like, what happened, and what I'm like now, experience, strength, and hope. Um, you know, my experience you know, um, as, a, as a kid, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, and I lived in a family of six which included my mom and four brothers and sisters. Wow. And we all beat the crap out of each other. Sure. You know, I had my mother in a headlock when she was, uh, or when I was 16 years old. And, um, you know, we were all fighting each other and trying to survive. And uh, I had to leave that house often because I didn't feel safe there. So what I did is I ran to a friend's house at age 11 years old. And I went there on a daily basis um, because I just didn't want to be home. I didn't fit in that home. I, I wasn't the real violent one. Um, I, I had to get violent to survive, but I, I didn't, I, I, my soul didn't scream violence, you know. So I would go to my friend Lori's house and, um, and hang out there. And, and there is where I started, you know, smoking my pot and doing my acid and, you know, at a very young age, 11, 12 years old, and um, I got it. I mean, that's that's where it began, right? And um, 
And I did my life backwards, you know. I um, There's a lot going on here, so it's sort of distracting, but I'm trying to stay on point. There was a lot... Um, um, I did my life backwards. That's the way I like to describe who, who I am. Um, I started drinking and drugging at age 11. Uh, I got pregnant at 17. I graduated from high school. And then I got pregnant again. And then I got married. And then I went to college. And then I went to my, um, and I went and got my master's. so if you flip that it's actually like probably the normies you know uh, don't don't have that you know trajectory but that's that's how it that happened to me and um unfortunately you know i got pregnant um because of my alcoholism and doing things that i normally wouldn't do under the influence or you know wouldn't wouldn't do and um i had to place that baby up for adoption because um, you know, my family gave me no other choice. So um, it was either that or, you know, I don't support this child with nothing. Mm-hmm. So um, I did that and then ended up marrying a man um, in the same group of people and I uh, had a child with him. And, you know, I didn't like him. I didn't like the child. I just, I wanted out. Um, I didn't like me. I, I, I just, I couldn't, you know, my last drunk... Uh, I had 10 Long Island iced teas and um, and doing shit that I wasn't supposed to be doing, you know, as a married woman. And, and you know, a lot of women feel the shame. I, I didn't really feel the shame, and I don't know why that is, but I didn't really feel the shame. I, I was that kid that walked on wet concrete through a rock at your picture window and then screwed up all your Christmas lights. You know? oh, I just, I was the Dennis de Menace and, you know, a little bit of uh, Maxie and me, you know, I just, just couldn't, couldn't deal with life and didn't, you know, I graduated 389 out of my high school, you know, uh, gra- you know, graduation and there were 400 kids in the class and I was the big dummy, you know, I, um, I, I was dumb. And I thought I was dumb. I'm not dumb. Uh, I came, um, and so I uh, did that chicken dance, and then two months later, I'm placing a baby up for adoption. You know, everything was a joke. I came home after placing her up for adoption and did a line on my marble countertop. You know, it's just, I mean, my, my mind wasn't my mind, and I didn't know it. I thought everybody did this. I thought everybody acted like this, and... Um, you know, and then I found myself married to this man that was very controlling and of who I was, and and I I just could I couldn't stand him, and he was my best friend prior to you know making it the deal, and uh, he was very loving and very kind through my pregnancy of placing a baby up for adoption. Anyway, I married him, had this child, and I'm looking at this kid, and I'm looking at him going, what did I do with my life? I'm a moron. I don't, I don't want to marry I don't want to be married to him, and this kid is weighing me down, you know, and um, it was a burden, and not a lot of women can get honest with that, and, and it was, and my last drunk was I was at a party, um, and I brought my kid to the party, and someone had said to me, your daughter is in the corner crying. And I went there, and I was all, I was jacked. And I looked at her, and she just had these big brown eyes, and she looked up at me crying. And I got her out of there. They let me go home, and I I drove the alley home because I could do that on 79th and Kedzie all the way to 85th and Mm. Kedzie. I drove that 
I drove that alley home and I want ten Long Island iced teas. Pardon? Is that the one where you yeah. had ten Long Island yeah, iced yeah. teas? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe they let me get in the car with my daughter and I hit all of the um, garbage cans and I crawled across a field and finally got her home safe and got myself home safe. Thank you, Lord. And um, woke up in the morning and said, something's got to change. And a friend called me and said, can I have your mom's phone number? And I'll see my mom's been sober now. I told my mom I was pregnant with my first child when she was a year sober. And um, she asked me for my mom's phone number. And I said, why do you want my mom's number? And I was sort of a nightmare in my living room in the morning, you know. Uh, I knew something had to change. I didn't, I didn't know if it was drinking, but I thought maybe it has something to do with this drinking. And um, so I, I said, well, I don't, my mom's on vacation, but I do have this guy's number in my complex. I know that he goes to AA, and I'll go with you. And I don't know where that came from. You know, I'll go with you. So, you know, that's one of the promises God will um, do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And they started coming true for me earlier than after the ninth step. You know, I, I got a lot of the promises, or I recognized a lot of the promises. I don't know if I got them, but I recognized them. I recognize them today. And um, so I went to this meeting. I walked in laughing, you know, because I was the clown. I was the clown. I was the 389, you know, and uh, I didn't want to learn. Not that I didn't want to learn, I just, I had a, I had a behavioral problem. And so, um, you know, I was ADHD, and no, and back in that undiagnosed. day. Undiagnosed. Yeah, undiagnosed, right. they just hit you. Yeah, they didn't have that back then, did they? <laughs> no, no. They just, right? You're right. They just hit me, and they put me in high chairs, mm-hmm. and oh my gosh. I got, I got thrown into a garbage can in fifth grade, Lit- physically thrown into a garbage can. That was, yeah, very uh, Yeah, in kindergarten, I remember her putting me in a closet with a bucket over my head. And I could hear that, and she turned off the light. She was so mad at me, and I could hear the ding, ding, ding on the yeah, bucket. Right. You know, mm, today mm, they would yeah, have sure, no, with that. No. Anyway, but um, so I went to this meeting laughing, and I ended up uh, talking to the chairperson afterwards. And he went to St. Rita, and I said to him, um, Hey, did you happen to know my brother, Kevin Regan? And he said, Yeah, I knew your brother. And I said, I know, I, I, I miss him every day. My brother died, he was hit over the head with a two by four. When I was um, when I was twenty and he was nineteen and we were freaking frack, you know, and and so I thought, well, this is sort of spiritual, or this guy knows my brother, like, and at this point, my brother is my God, right? Because God, I'm pissed at God because he took my brother from me, and my big thing is everyone's got their thing, my thing is abandonment, you know, and um, while my brother didn't abandon me, that's what I felt like, you know, and uh, God abandoned me, and. Not that he was ever real important in my life, but um, am I going on too long, guys? No, no not at all. Okay, because I feel like, you know, I'm oh. Irish, so I've got Mike, you're not story. sleeping, are you? No, this is, <laughs> Come you on, know, man. I love okay. it. I mean, you just hit a chord with me, too, just the whole abandonment thing. You know, my, yeah. dad, my dad died in a car accident mm-hmm. when I was a kid, and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I was mad at him. I'm like, how do you get mad? No, it was a totally. car accident, but I was yeah. angry at him. Yeah. How could he do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you just really hit a chord yeah. with me. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, well, my dad uh, left uh, five kids, and... Uh, mom to raise us and never even acknowledged us, yeah. you know, just yeah. bad. Yeah. But um, so I'm always uh, 
I always love when somebody tells me a dad story because yeah. I'm like, oh, you had a dad. Yeah. That's so sweet, you know. Right, right, sure. And that's one reason I placed my, um, my first child up for adoption. I wanted her to have sure. a dad. I mean, I didn't have a dad. And I know that I was promiscuous because I didn't have a father, you know. And I did the things that I, did, that I probably wouldn't have done if I would have had a loving dad in my mm. life. So, um, But anyway, so my thing was abandonment and... Um, I thought, oh, well, maybe maybe this AA is something. I think I'll come back. So the second meeting I went to, I went to Keene Gas Station on 81st and Kedzie, and I bought to buy my, you know, seven packs of cigarettes because I was so nervous. And there were all my Paul, there were all my brother's Paul bears. Mm. And I walked in, and my eyes, I mean, I must have looked like, what the heck? And I just looked at him, and I just bust out crying like, Oh my God, my brother! I can cry today. Like yeah. my brother is totally with me. I got God bumps, mm. you know. Like he's totally with me, and I'm going down this right path. And uh, they gave me a hug. They thought I was crying about him, but I really wasn't crying about him. I was, I was emotional because I knew that something was going to change in my life, and that I was going to be for the better. Mm. And so I went to that meeting, and of course, it was all men. And I was like, Oh my God, I have arrived. There we go. Um, I'm going to find my new husband here, and um, <laughs> within three weeks. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh, excuse me, is this all men's meeting? And they're like, No, no, come on in. I'm like, Okay. So I went to the meeting, and the chairperson again I talked to because I was all very new about this. So I, I sort of figured out that you know he was running the meeting, and I went and talked to him, and I said, You look real familiar. And he so we started talking, and he said, um, I said, well, do you know Joan and Bernie? And he said, yeah, I'm really good friends with Joan and Bernie. And he goes, I go, well, I'm, I'm um, Joan's daughter, but don't tell her I'm here because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not all in, you know. Yeah, right. uh, you know sure. and Toes in the water. Yeah, Toes yeah, in the I water. Got, and he goes, no problem. And he said, you probably know me from your brother's wake. And I was like, oh, there's another, there it is, there it is you know. Yep. So I went home and I started getting really excited a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe I found some help. And um, and I just kept coming to AA, you know, with the little marijuana maintenance program on the side. Because mm-hmm. I smoked pot and I love pot and I, I love to zone out and I would love to smoke pot today, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I won't. I, I, it's not an option for right. me. Um so for two years, I was on the marijuana maintenance program, having a lot of fun in AA, going to the dances, <laughs> and just having so much fun and, and really enjoying the fellowship. Um, I immersed myself in the fellowship because I was 26 years old, you know. Um, had, a, you know, the first six months, of course, was hard. You know, I was like, so wait a minute. I'm, you know, I'm not going to be able to drink uh, champagne at my daughter's wedding. Are you kidding me? Oh. How old this, was your daughter? Yeah, my daughter was three. Yeah, right. Somebody asked, you know, yeah, right. how old there is your you daughter? Go. She's three. Yeah. And they're it's like, well, how that my, works. I know, right? The mind, like, how am I never going to drink again? How is that going to happen? And, you know, I meet people who are big drinkers today, and they'll say, how do you not drink? Like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, if you only knew, yeah. you know, um, I think the older you get, it's probably harder to stop because it's big infiltration in your life. It's, mm-hmm. it's part your of your life. Yep. It's, it's just, it's just there. So, um, so I quit, quit drinking, but I, I kept smoking pot until I ended up at a picnic and someone was like, you're stoned. I'm like, no, I'm not. And he's like, yes, yeah, you sure. I'm like, oh, I got to put this down. So I did, I put it down and, um, I stopped smoking pot, and I have had continuous sobriety since. And 
Um, that was a couple 24 hours yeah, ago. Yeah, a couple 24 hours ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. So my daughter right now that uh, I've gone to her first wedding. There might be a second wedding, but I went to her first wedding and I didn't have to drink, which was amazing. And uh, yeah, and it, I, you know, I enjoyed myself thoroughly at that yeah. wedding. And I enjoy myself thoroughly today, you know, through a lot of pain, um, I was able to get healthy and, you know, understand what my quirks are. And I am extremely codependent on people. And I I understood where that came from. That came from going to my friend Lori's house on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That was safety. She was safety. Sure. She was my safety. Mm. And so from a very young age, people became my safety. And I don't have to do that today anymore. But you know what I see is so beautiful in the community and our fellowship is that you are other people's safety now. Yeah. You you live to be safety to somebody else yeah. who is walking into a meeting with seven packs of cigarettes going, I don't know if I, I'm, I'm, not in, I'm not all in, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. But you're awesome. sa- safety for those people. Talk about that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and, and I am. I'm, I, I do. I sponsor about uh, five women mm-hmm. today. And that's my that's my limit. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, some of them don't call me. Uh, they're not. Some of them have long term sobriety, and, and they're not calling me as much as I'd like them to call me. So I have a month meeting once a month. We have a meeting and we talk about a step and we go through the twelve and twelve. And it's really nice. Um, you know, it, I, I, it sounds sort of. Um, you know, everybody gets sober at. However, but it sounds sort of like I am the master and you are my, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I don't want it to get like that, guys. I just am doing it from a time standpoint. Yeah, right, right. Like sure. I can't meet with you once a week. You know, I just I, I have a family now, and I I love my family, yeah. and I do I love sobriety, and I get to live the real life. You know, um, but you know, we do we we end up um, going through those steps, and and I help them immensely, from what I hear. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, the bottom line is they helped me. Yeah. Like, there was one girl that got sober. And it's amazing how that works, isn't it? It is amazing. Like, there's one girl that I sponsor, and she was getting uh, sober through COVID. Mm-hmm. And mm. I turned her on to some really good uh, Zoom meetings where the sobriety I knew was excellent. And she ended up staying in those rooms and, and going every Tuesdays and Thursday. And I, I wasn't going every Tuesday and Thursday, but in the beginning I was, but... You know, it sort of wore off for me, but um, thank God I had enough insurance in the bank. And and I still went to meetings. I just, anyway, so, but she went to those meetings on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and she, she got sober. But what, what we did was we talked every single day, and she right. became a really good friend, so we're, we're, you know, trudging those waters a little bit, because I think it's really hard to sponsor somebody who you're becoming a really good friend with. Um because I have to put my sponsor hat on, then I have to take it off, then I have to put it on, then you know. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't want to lose her as a friend. Okay, so I have that codependency piece, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've got to watch that too. Yeah. I mean, there's there's things that I, I get to watch today. You get to watch. I get awareness. to watch yeah. awareness of a lot of awareness. Yeah, like okay, like you don't have to be this way, Peggy. Right. You know that emotional maturity is just. Yeah. Phenomenal. You know, it's, and, go ahead. And that's what uh, Bill Wilson talks about. If anybody, this is for mm-hmm. old timers, because I read it when I was a newcomer and it didn't really sit. But it's to the to the um, it's to the frontiers from Bill Wilson, and it's a letter on um, it's a letter on emotional sobriety. It is phenomenal. It is the it is the it, for me. It is the everything. 
Yeah. Because he talks about dependency on people, places, and things. Mm-hmm. Right? We were dependent and we were dependent on alcohol. Um, that was my safety net. Mm-hmm. That guide, guarded me. That was my armor. You know, in many many cases. So now I stopped the alcohol. Now the people are my armor in many many cases. Lost a really good friend in sobriety. Uh, broke the friendship. Terrible. Sent me into this journey to find out about my codependency and. Um, codependency is for me is when I start depending on that person to um, for safety, mm-hmm. my social, mm-hmm. my you know she's at my everything or he's my everything and mm-hmm. don't do that anymore today. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> so I have to jump in. So I mean, clearly I'm hearing a message of hope. I mean, have mm-hmm. you, quote unquote, arrived or are you still in the pool? Are you still trying to grow? Oh, I'm still in the pool. I'll be in the pool until I die. Love it. You know, more will be revealed. And um, I, I'll be in the pool for a long time um, until I die. Because more gets revealed every single day. You know, it, I, I, I definitely found my core, my pain, and, and, and how to manage that. And in the big book, it says... Or in the 12 and 12, it says in step three, um, the more dependent we are, the more independent we become. And I am completely dependent on God today. Uh, I have my big, I have my little brother who um, I listen to on the radio. I got here at 8.03. That's his heaven date. And he's still with me. Um, Do you believe a miracles came on the radio? And that is a special song between me and him. And, Love you know, it. those little things that happen to me. And, and you know, people might say, oh, she's so God out shots. there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of God shots all day totally. long, all day long. So, yeah, I'm still swimming. I'm still learning. Um, one, You know, I guess I could talk about some of my gifts in sobriety, right? Please. Now, this is the hope. So, yeah. um, so I, you've, you've heard about my experience getting into Alcoholics Anonymous. You heard about my pain and how I had to go through that. I went through that through God. People say that the first step is the first, you know, is the step you have to get perfectly. Mm-hmm. I am now saying to my sponsors, the third step is something you need to get like 99.9999% right. Make that decision. Because you, I would never be where I'm at today if I didn't take a break and be with God for two years and cancel everybody out of my life except my inner circle. Don't let anybody else in. Just commune with God and walk with Him and listen to Him and grow. And I did that for two years. My sponsor was on me and said, you need to slow down, slow down. Because see, what I was doing is when I lost my friend, I was running to that friend and this friend and this friend and this friend. They were all going to have my social. I, you know, I can't lose anymore. You know, I can't lose friends. Friends are so much to me. Well, what about God? God is so much to me today. He's either everything or he's nothing, you know, and that, that is my experience and strength. And my hope is, you know, this program gave me a lot of hope. So I was at 398. I went get back and got my undergrad. I graduated 3.95 or something, uh, sum laude. And then I went and um, on to get my master's, in which I got wow. a 4.0. Wow. So I am a smart cookie. Yeah, right. Um, What's your master's at? Business. Nice. Yeah. And I had a, a beautiful boss who um, said to me, uh, he, he did the finger thing, you know, like, you come, come on in up, my room. Up, and I'm here. like, oh, shit, oh, I'm in trouble boy. again. <laughs> yeah, right. And he's like, what are you doing with your money? 
and that was at age 28. It was, I just had put down the marijuana. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, he's like, you're going on vacation. You're doing this. You're having a lot of fun. You need to save your money. And he got me into, like, the 401k. So that was, like, a blessing. If I was out drinking, I'd be like, fuck him. Yeah, I'm going out and doing what you know. But um, so having a sober mind allowed me to save my money and allowed me to not overspend as far as overextend my finances. And then you built a life, you built a, a, a financially stable life to where now you're retired. I'm retired at age yeah. 55. That's and, fantastic. Um, hopefully I don't ever have to go back to work. But um, And then, so that was one of the financial reliefs, you know, one mm-hmm. of the blessings. And then also uh, I ended up um, looking up my daughter who I placed up for adoption and I was reunited with her um, 10 years ago. And so I intuitively know, know how to handle the situation, right? Mm. Like the old Peggy would have went in and said, hey, here I am. Yeah. You know, right. look love at me. me. Love, love me, me, love me, love it's me. It's all and about me. It's all about me. And what can I get from this relationship, right? And so I went to Catholic because I still have that in me. Yep. Yeah, I know sure. it's a piece of me. Yep. Ism. So I went to Catholic Charities and said, how do I handle this? And I was going through my master's at the time, and I thought, well, I don't want to go through my master's and then reunite with her because that's just too much. I want to have 100% focus on that. So um, I did that, and I went to Catholic Charities for nine months, and we reunited on June 22nd, which is my sobriety date of 20. I got 25, uh, no, 20 years of sobriety. I got a letter from my and she dated it. Like, what kid dates a letter, right? right. She dated it June 22nd. Um, I don't I can't think. 2012, right. right? Yeah. And so I opened it up, and I'm like, oh, my God, she dated it. And she wrote a beautiful letter to me, and then we reunited. It was like a love affair. Oh, and I love awesome. her now. And I got three beautiful granddaughters and a, and a great son-in-law. So. And, I, and I have... I have- Lumpus over my body. It's like yeah, that, that's that awesome. just a beautiful yeah, story. That is a blessing of yeah. Alcoholics Anonymous. And I remember going to uh, Shorty's and saying, um, "Say, am I okay on time? Yeah, you're good. Okay, yep. all right. I because I do go over. So tell me, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with you. Just we won't me tell you, ads. but Brian will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Brian, you could tell me. I'm sorry. Um, no, but um, when we got together, it was just was so spiritual she spilled her drink all over the place she forgot her lunch it was like all of these things as a child you know like yeah so i've I've sort of lost track but um yeah so i I graduated uh that was my big thing you know those are my two biggies is i i got an education because i always felt stupid and i so then i got my master's right now i'm in the boardroom at, at work i'm in those meetings and i say to my sponsor i'm still my stomach is all trenched, and oh, I don't like being the speaker, and I don't like giving PowerPoint presentations, blah, blah, blah. What am I going to do? I mean, how much more, they say, if you want self-esteem, do esteemable things. What else am I going to do, you know? And she said, you're just going to accept the fact that you have this innate thought that you are not smart enough and can't do it. And I started doing that, and boom. Yeah. I was kicking ass and taking names, Love it. you know? Peggy, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, three things you can leave with uh, with the 26-year-old, 25-year-old, 20-year-old, 40-year-old. Doesn't 40-year-old. matter. Yep. Doesn't, you know? It doesn't matter. So what's, the three, what's the three things they should consider right now that 
that will change dramatically the course of their their life? Um, pick up that five hundred thousand uh, five hundred thousand pound um, phone mm-hmm. and start building your army. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because to me, it was friendships. Okay. It was people who shared their story with me, and so I didn't feel so. I found out what normal wasn't and what it helped, it started to help me grow. Just immerse yourself in the fellowship. Love it's it. here and, and just do it. All right. Number one. Number, number one. Number two, don't do what I did. So I, I put the big book on the side for a long, long time and I got my best friend to be my sponsor. So I, better, I guess it's easier to answer like what sure. don't do. Okay, Get somebody older. Uh, for me, don't pick out a sponsor right away mm-hmm. because... There are people, some are sicker than others, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So just look around the room and figure out who can be your temporary sponsor and get a temporary sponsor Mm -hmm. and see if they're the ones that are going to work for you and continue to look for somebody who you might want to be like. Um, But just just don't run in and don't if somebody's chasing you saying i can be your sponsor don't don't pick them (laughs) (laughs) you know because that's not what it's about um and then thirdly um the third thing just wait for the miracle don't stop before the miracle because it does happen Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but it does happen. The miracle will happen, and your life will turn around. And if you're not feeling like you're achieving anything, call your sponsor and tell her you don't feel like you're getting anywhere because she's going to tell you you're getting somewhere. Can't you read know, your own label. Gonna, That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, to, to recap, you know, Peggy, I'll jump in. So just full transparency on her. Peggy was on the docket coming in to share her story. I really picture like an 80-year-old woman uh, with her hair all done up, well, just come, so just I have no idea why. Um, and and what a firecracker! Love the energy. Love the firecracker. I had to. I had to take a picture. We're going to post on Instagram of your red shoes. I That's mean, it. Just the I feet. mean, just the energy. Yeah. Had to stand up. She's over here doing push-ups, or she's you know motivating <laughs> me to do push-ups. So that's outstanding. What I really liked is you quoted the big book several, several times. And that's kind of a theme that that has really stuck out, and mm-hmm. you know, in here. Uh, but I love, um, I love your hope part. I mean, we always dig into drunkologs, and mm-hmm. and but I loved, for me, your most impactful was the hope part, and how you shared your your promises. And we use that a lot, but you used the word that really stuck out, and that was blessings. So, man, I love having you in here. Hope we can have you back someday. Will you come someday. back again? Sure, yeah, totally. sure. Anytime. Oh, that'd be awesome. My story's different talk. all the time. Well, totally. we can talk about the <laughs> steps next time. Oh, yeah. Let's get down sure. to work. Yeah, oh, yeah, go. yeah. I can do uh-huh. that for sure. Peggy, thanks. Peggy. Okay. Awesome. Right, man. Thanks, thanks for joining guys. us. Thank all you. Right. Yeah, have a beautiful day. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.